Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and once again with me as always sam chung hello marissa it is great to be back it's been a crazy week in the world of television but not new television you have been introducing me to some classic television from <laughs> i don't know is it 2003 when 2003. Yeah, roughly the same era as Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> so while Lizzie McGuire was living out her teen years, or I guess preteen years on Disney Channel, we get to see some prime 25-year-old teenagers in action <laughs> on and, Fox. And you know, you say introducing you, but I'm really introducing myself also because as much as I love this genre and the show we're talking about is the OC. I have never seen the OC. So I too am experiencing this for the first time. (laughs) You know, I just made a connection just now and I don't really know where it came from, but we watched Outer Banks like three months ago and that feels (laughs) like a modern day OC. Yeah, not much has changed. John Bay! (laughs) (laughs) But you're right, these, these actors are fully our age portraying 16 year olds in in relationships with adults correct (laughs) it's a crazy it is crazy show and And we're only like okay also 27 episodes in season one crazy long (laughs) season i know we're we're still in season one and so much has happened i feel like okay because i watched the first two episodes by myself And I was trying to like catch you up on what had happened. And you were like, I'm not even following this because so much had happened. Well, yeah, normally shows have like a previously on and that kind (laughs) of is your little refresh. And maybe if you hadn't watched those episodes, the previously on will get you caught up. This show is like previously on and it lost me. Like none (laughs) of the things it mentioned were connected to each other. It was like previously on this guy got in a fight. This guy is in a love triangle. This guy is like, what is happening? It's it's a lot. (laughs) And it's shocking to me that... Oh, this guy is being investigated for fraud, but somehow is not in prison. What? (laughs) Yeah, a lot's going on. A lot of white-collar crime happening. (laughs) Um, A lot of white people happening, too. Is that the OC, or is that just the show? I don't know. Yeah, and it's really, like, it's shocking that... I'm not introducing you to this as a fan because I went through a really intense early 2000 CW, and this isn't a CW show, but that type of show period in high school where One Tree Hill is by and far away my favorite show from that, from that era. And I think that we need to watch that after the OC. I'm ready for a rewatch and I'm ready to introduce you to the intensity That is One Tree Hill. It feels like a CW show. It does feel like a CW show. And it was made by Warner Television, so it would belong there. 
Also, um, I thought I would have watched it for, you know, the Marissa representation. Our name doesn't get a lot of love, but the Marissa on this show is by and far away one of the worst characters. I don't know. Main character Ryan definitely gives her a run for her money. Yeah, no matter what he's doing, like you could tell deeply that the actor, Ben McKenzie, does not want to be there, right? Like he's like his face, even when he's supposed to be having like a romantic moment is just like, why am I doing this? It's like he wants to roll his eyes, but then his eyes got stuck. <laughs> and he can't roll them any further. Yeah. they will just give you that weird side eye. Yeah, but I mean, shout out to Adam Brody and Rachel Bilson, who are really carrying the show for me. And, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. First episode, the, the main family is the Coens, you know, a very coded Jewish last name. My grandmother's maiden name was Cohen, fun fact. But... I didn't know what to expect, and it surprised me. It's the Jewish rep is there. We just watched a Passover Seder episode, and it was it was representation. I think that that would have meant a lot for me to see if I had seen that on TV. Yeah. I loved it. You know, they really threw all of the Yiddish into one episode, though. It was like, we are Jews. Yes. We they, schlep. They did. <laughs> yeah. And Chrismica. Now I know what that means. One of my friends who is interfaith, always talks about Chrismica. And not that I know what that means, but like now I guess I know where that came from. You think it originated on the OC? <laughs> I don't know. I actually think I'd have to ask her. You think they coined the term Chrismica? I guess it's hardly unique, right? I, I don't think it's unique to the OC. But yeah, it is crazy to like, because we are roughly in the same era, right? With both of these shows. I mean, this is a little bit earlier. We're still in 2001 here, but... I feel like these sort of tween shows, you actually get the kids who are playing their own age. And then once you cross that threshold into high school, it's just, you know, hot people in their 20s because they need sex scenes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, certainly been watching a lot of romantic drama in the OC. And, you know, that kind of carried over to Lizzie McGuire this week. It did. Once again, <laughs> once again, the crux of this episode came squarely into focus. Now you can go out with Ethan Kraft. Yeah. Dare, dare I say the crux of every Lizzie McGuire episode. <laughs> like if we could boil down Lizzie McGuire into one sentence. Now you can go out with Ethan Kraft. That's probably it. Is that Lizzie McGuire's defining personality trait? I don't know. I actually don't know who it says more about because... Obviously, Lizzie really wants to go out with Ethan Kraft, but Miranda self-admittedly has a crush on Ethan Kraft as well, but only wants Lizzie to really go for it. It makes no sense. Like, why doesn't Miranda have any ambition of her own? Um, Because Miranda at least sings and has some sort of hobby outside of Ethan Kraft. <laughs> oh, man, you, you're, <laughs> you're really just teeing me up here. Maybe I should develop some interest. <laughs> Um, yes, Lizzie, you should. And we will talk all about that. You know, I have been really having, and I don't think I, we've talked about this yet, but like this show like truly meant the world to me growing up. I was such a super fan, which we have talked about. But what we have not talked about is like, I have been recently having a reckoning with the fact that Lizzie mcguire herself is kind of terrible (laughs) (laughs) yeah like in their effort to make 
her, you know, the relatable every girl, like all American, like every girl, she's just kind of like this blank slate. There's nothing there. Yeah, she doesn't really have much substance at all. And neither does Miranda, really. Like, sometimes I wonder if Miranda is just a character that Lizzie has imagined. Well, I think it, like, goes back to, like, I thought that when Ivan was on the podcast, he had a really great point about how they're, like, too similar. And there isn't anything that really distinguishes the two of them. Yeah, but they're so similar to the point where it's like, does Miranda exist? (laughs) <laughs> or is she just well, a, an I extension mean, of Lizzie's personality? You know, she does disappear, so <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> she was imaginary this whole time. Lizzie has a cartoon self and an imaginary friend. Yeah, and I think that there's something to be said for like for all of the feelings that we have about Gordo and the conversations we have about Gordo. He is the most like defined character. And he distinctly exists. He does distinctly. He comes over to the house and spends time with Sam and Matt, as we saw in this episode. Where was Miranda that whole time? She just disappeared. And you know what makes this theory even better? (laughs) Is that if Miranda is an imaginary character, then technically she does end up with Gordo at the end. Because Lizzie's ended up with Gordo at the end. And Miranda is just a figment of Lizzie's imagination. That just took the weirdest turn. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I can go down that track anymore. But yeah, I think there's something to be said for the fact that the most well-defined characters on the show are the men, right? Or the boys, like Gordo and even Matt, I would say, has just so much more personality and he has interests, you know, he's they're ever evolving. Like he starts a band and it's excellent. <laughs> He he just has he has a point of view, right? Yeah, and it's it's sad because Lizzie and Miranda really get reduced to their relationship with Ethan Craft, and there's so much more to a preteen girl than just pining after some boy. Yeah, it's like like I said, I really think they do try so hard to make her like so relatable that she's just like, who is she? I mean, I guess, but like at the same time, I guess it worked, right? Because like this is one of, if not the most popular show on Disney Channel at the time. And it launched Hilary Duff into superstardom. So like the formula works. It's just like sad. Yeah. Maybe I should develop some interest. But yeah, um, I want to jump into the episode because I have a lot of feelings about it. Okay. Cool. So this episode is... Episode 126, Scarlet Larry. In this episode, on the advice of her mother, Lizzie decides to go out with a geeky kid named Larry. Sam, Matt, and Gordo try to refurbish an old downhill racer. And this episode aired on November 9th, 2001. This episode recap acts like we've never met Larry Tudgman before. I was just about to say the same thing. It's like a nerdy, geeky kid named... Like, we know Larry. We know Larry. He's been in several episodes before. Sorry, this is the IMDb. Uh, It was user-generated. Yeah. School geek is a matter of perspective, right? Like, why is Larry the school geek and Gordo is not? Yeah. I think a lot about the purpose of Larry Tudgman. And I I don't know if I have an answer for that. They're very similar. They are very similar. And so similar, in fact, that Lizzie, I know, is going to end up with Gordo. So Larry is kind of just a practice run for that. (laughs) But Larry, self-admittedly, is going to need 
a partner who is significantly smarter than Lizzie. <laughs> Do you remember back to like the career episode where Lizzie was talking about like where everybody's going to be in like, I don't know, 20 years and Larry ends up being like the most successful person. Yeah. Like there is an acknowledgement that Larry is going to go on to do great things. Yeah. But it's like he needs to go through his mandatory bullying right now. I mean, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little bit of truth to that. (laughs) There's got to be some justice for Larry Tudgman in a sense, because he's really not that weird. Like just because his interests don't line up with yours, if you had any interests, doesn't mean that like I feel like they try to frame him as like almost creepy and I don't think that's fair in this case but at the same time I also have some issues with the conversation that Joe has with Lizzie which we'll get to so like I have a lot of like conflicting feelings about the things that are going on here well speaking of fair we start off this episode square dancing And that is where we get the line from Lizzie McGuire, no fair, how come Kate gets to dance with my potential boyfriend, Ethan? Like, out loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's an in-person, that's a a real-life Lizzie quote. That's not cartoon Lizzie. Yeah, and I think that this is an important moment. It's a marker in the series because it is the first time that they are in co-ed gym. Yeah, and they have an awareness of that as well because... Kate has found out that someone has a crush on Lizzie. Oh, the things that you learn in (laughs) co-ed gym. Yeah. Oh, the things you learn. And Lizzie loves the attention. She's like, oh my gosh, who could it be? Kate, tell me. Kate, tell me. Tell me. (laughs) And Kate's like, nah, I'm not going to be a gossip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of self-awareness, Kate has none. (laughs) I think it's tongue in cheek. I think it's intentional. But then, you know, the speculation starts of, like, who this guy could be. And Miranda says maybe it's Quinn, who is most likely to play in the World Series. And then Gordo enters the scene by saying that he's heard that Lizzie has a gentleman caller. I heard you have a gentleman caller. I didn't know you clipped that one. (laughs) (laughs) He suggests that maybe it's Winston, the kid who transferred from Molly... Which leads into, you know, probably my least favorite moment in the episode. Not probably, definitely. Yeah. It's bad. Winston apparently like just immigrated from Molly and he doesn't speak very much English, but to Lizzie, that would be his best quality. So, eh. Yeah, Miranda says he barely speaks English, so you wouldn't have to worry about him saying anything stupid. It is fair that most of the characters in this show say something stupid on an episodic basis. It's true. <laughs> like, when was the last time? Like, we don't have to go that far into the library to find the last time Gordo said something stupid. True. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, Lizzie goes on to say, maybe it's Ethan Kraft. And Miranda replies, that would be a crush return. Yeah. She says it like it would be like some video game achievement. She's like, <laughs> that would be a crush return. Yeah. Level up. And then. This opening scene culminates in Lizzie learning that her gentleman caller is none other than Larry Tudgman. I heard you have a gentleman caller. And, you know, the music changes. Lizzie makes this overly dramatic, you know, ew face. And we cut to the theme song. So then we're in the hallway. 
right? And Lizzie's upset about Larry crushing on her. She doesn't really want that. And Gordo and Miranda take like opposing sides on this issue. I feel like you're jumping the gun a little bit on this conversation. This conversation doesn't happen until we're at Lizzie's house later. Am I? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, the scene is more about establishing the crush and, you know, Gordo saying that, well, just because he has a crush doesn't mean he's going to do anything about it. Gotcha. You know, and Miranda's like, yeah, we've, we've had a crush on Ethan Kraft for years and we haven't done anything about it. So, you know, maybe it won't even be a problem. Yeah, this is where that weird we comes into play. Like yeah. we have had a crush on Ethan Kraft. What does that mean? We have had a crush on Ethan Kraft. Mutual pining over the same boy, not thinking about the consequences. I mean, but we know that, like, we know that they both think Ethan is hot, right? Like, Miranda got to be married to Ethan, and look what happened. Yeah, so you'd think that that's over now. Yeah, but growth on Lizzie McGuire? We don't know that. So then that's when Larry pops out of a nearby classroom and asks Lizzie if they can have a conversation. Yeah, you wanted to jump to the sides of the argument, but Larry hasn't even asked Lizzie on the date yet. You're right. He really um, jumped the gun. Yeah, and Larry, you know, pretty smooth. Yeah, and Lizzie, pretty not. I mean, what else is new for Lizzie? <laughs> yeah, Larry asks if Lizzie could go on a date on Sunday afternoon, and Lizzie does her, um, thing, <laughs> and the best she can come up with is, I kind of have this thing. So I can't. Oh, okay. That makes total sense. And Larry is a bit sad, but Miranda's like, don't worry. He has algebra next. That will cheer him up. And Lizzie is feeling a little guilty about rejecting him here. Yeah, she feels guilty about that. She feels guilty because she lied. She doesn't really have a good excuse. She just wants to be like, no. She just doesn't want to. And that's okay for the record. And that's what... That's what I want to get into a little bit, but I'll save those feelings for Joe McGuire. Like, it is absolutely okay to just not be that into someone and to say no. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, this episode really feeds into the narrative that girls are supposed to sort of, like, make sure that guys don't feel bad. There's a more eloquent way to say that. But, like... It is absolutely valid that Lizzie does not want to go on a date with Larry. That is totally okay. And she doesn't need a reason either. There doesn't need to be a reason to just not be that into someone. And you don't have to like excuse your feelings or like push your feelings aside to like be putting a man's feelings before your own, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, but she still feels guilty about it. And I mean, this is where I have the issue, right? Because in the context of the episode, Lizzie is super judgmental and like not that great but like the overall message of what ends up happening is also not great i agree so more to come on that but first we gotta talk about matt yes we do matt and sam are home middle of the day not at work or school we i feel like we just have to accept that that's just the way it goes I guess we can assume that this is after school, though, right? Because then Lizzie, Lizzie's in the kitchen talking to her mom in the next scene. So maybe it's after school. Maybe this, it's after school. This isn't but... the worst offense. I don't, I don't know if we need to harp on it. But yeah, Joe comes home and she is upset because she can't park the car in the garage. And she can't do that because the driveway and the lawn is filled with your junk. 
by your junk, she means Sam and Matt's junk. And that stuff is supposed to be in the tool shed, but the tool shed is also filled with junk. And to that, we get this gem. It's junk to you, but to us, it's stuff. I mean, that's it, right? What else is there to say? Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective, once again. This is such a relatable, like, things that parents argue about. Yeah, and I mean, kids in the early 2000s got a lot of junk. Like, all of the toys that I amassed as a child, objectively, is junk. True. Now you just have, like, technology. So, you know, pick your poison. Now now parents are like, oh, you spend too much screen time. Well, then give them more junk. But then it's like, <laughs> oh... Now I have all now this junk. Now you have junk. too much junk. Like, pick a lane, you know? Yeah. And then Sam and Matt go out to the tool shed, and it is so filled with junk that they can't even really get into it. So according to Sam, they're just going to move some stuff around so it looks like they did something. I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, that's how you, that's how cleaning works. That's how you clean. I love it the so first, much. The first part of cleaning is just moving stuff around, and that's the hardest part. Yeah, my my favorite quality about you is your ability to just move stuff around and say you cleaned. I tidied, you know, tidied. Then we jump to the kitchen where Lizzie needs mom advice. And as always, Joe is ready to go and too enthusiastic. Yeah, she's really obnoxious (laughs) about it. And Lizzie's big question is, what if a guy you'll never in a million years like asks you out? And then Joe's answer is, how do you know you don't like him if you haven't given him a chance? And that's not the answer Lizzie is looking for. And I don't love that answer either. What do you think of that answer, Sam? I mean, but isn't this the crux of one of your favorite romantic comedies, 10 Things I Hate About You? You mean the whole baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt and... I mean, yeah, there's there's that aspect of it. But there's also... The whole Julia Stiles not wanting to date anybody. She doesn't want to date Heath Ledger, but that's before she really gets to know him. I feel like this is how 50% of romantic comedies begin. Yeah, I agree that a lot of romantic comedies do that thing, right? Where, you know, one character has this, you know, intense disinterest in another at first, and then they get to know each other, and then they're actually perfect for each other, or the enemies to lovers trope, or... You know, everything, but those are, I think the difference here is the context and the audience. Like those films are rom-coms and they aren't specifically for children in the way that Lizzie McGuire is. And the messaging isn't as overt as the messaging that Joe McGuire is sending to young girls in this moment. It's the same message though. And you could argue that Lizzie McGuire is a romantic comedy because as we've established, the crux of the show is... Now you can go out with Ethan Kraft. Lizzie McGuire is not a romantic comedy. Don't even get me started. What are you talking about? It was the impetus for a whole romantic comedy movie of its own. I don't think the Lizzie McGuire movie is a rom-com. Her relationship with Paolo is just a coincidence. I don't think it's a rom-com. A rom-com is defined by having a happily ever after or a happy for now ending. And <laughs> I don't know. happy for I, now no. ending. <laughs> well, it's like H-E-A or H-F-N. And like, this is a whole other conversation, but so many things, so many pieces of media get labeled as rom-coms that are not rom-coms. Lizzie McGuire is not a rom-com. What is it? 
it's just like a contemporary coming of age story. Are there romantic elements? Yes. Are the romantic elements the point? No. It seems like the point many times. Yeah, but there's no like mutual, there's no like mutual consensual relationship happening at any point. It's just like them consistently pining over a boy that isn't interested. So it's not a rom-com. Okay. Oh, sorry. Getting fired up here. (laughs) A lot of feelings. But yeah, I think the intent and the audience matters. Like I don't love the idea that Lizzie is very disinterested. And Joe's response was, well, you should give him a chance. I just think that feeds into some harmful messages. I feel like her point wasn't to encourage Lizzie one way or another. It was more just a question of like, what do you really know about him? No, it felt very encouraging to me, especially in the next scene. There's no conversation about like, it's okay if you don't, but, or there's no like, there's no centering Lizzie's feelings in this conversation, I guess, is the issue that I'm having with it. Then we cut back to the tool shed and Sam and Matt dig up Sam's old soapbox racer. We get a nice little um, Nana moment. Yeah, Matt says that Sam's soapbox racer is lame and Nana on a scooter could go faster than anybody in the soapbox racer, which turns out not to be true. Sam is going to go very fast in this soapbox racer. Yeah, Sam is very intent on pulling it out, cleaning it up, and making this a thing. Yeah, he's going to clock some high speeds. (laughs) He is. And then we cut back to the kitchen, and Lizzie doesn't like the answer that Joe gives her, so she forges on. And I want to play this clip both for Joe's response and because just a lot is happening in the scene that (laughs) we need to unpack. Yeah, a lot of it is going to be visual. We'll have to circle back around to it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let me rephrase the question, Mom. What do you do if the guy you don't like is a total geek? You have to agree with me in this case, Mom. I can't go out with him. Mom, Mom! Emergency! Dad's stuck in the soapbox racer. Okay, okay! Now, in that case, you may have to marry him, because that's the McGuire curse. Go! Honey! Help! Okay, okay! So you mean this is my destiny? I don't know, maybe. The one thing I know about boys, honey, is that some of the best ones come in very strange packages. Well then, Larry Tushman must be really amazing. I can't tell you what to do about the boy who likes you that you don't like. Yeah, but if I don't do the right thing, fast forward to the disappointed speech. I'm just saying, nobody likes to be rejected. I know. Boys are very sensitive creatures, especially our kind. Help! Oh, gosh, your dad. Whoops. Okay, that's it. That's where it is. The end of this scene. That's where it is. And it's going fine before the last line for me. Yeah, where she's just like, boys are sensitive creatures too, and nobody likes to be rejected. And that's where it is, right? That is clearly like centering not hurting Larry and his feelings over the fact that Lizzie just like doesn't want to go out with him. Yeah. And that is a bad message. Yeah. It felt, it felt like everything before that was just like Lizzie's interpretation of what Joe was saying. 
because before she was like, I can't tell you to go out with this person or not to go out with this person. And she's talking about basically just like from her own experience, like she married Sam McGuire. So, you know, clearly this is just her type. And so I feel like prior to that last line, it's like Lizzie's interpretation of what Joe is saying is kind of like, I don't know, there's a disconnect for me. But then at that last line where she's like, you need to really coddle Larry's feelings, even though there's no indication that she really knows Larry at all. Yeah, like nobody likes to be rejected. Like that that feels very um, like mom guilt. I guess. Also, nobody wants to go on a date with someone they don't like. Right, and that doesn't that take precedence? <laughs> <laughs> you would, you would think so. Yeah. So yeah, if we're going line by line, I really put all my feelings into the first half, but it it does all cu- culminate in this problematic sentiment. And like I said, little girls are watching this show and are being told to center a boy's feelings before their own. We also have to talk about Matt in this scene because I know nobody can see it, but it's some of his best work. He's going literally bananas. Yeah, just this whole time, Lizzie and Joe are trying to have this, like, you know, heartfelt conversation, and he's, like, on the table. He's pointing dramatically to the door. He's taking bananas in his hands and using them as, like, what, like traffic? Like an air traffic. Like uh, an, like an air traffic control. or th- th- No, air traffic control is in the air. These are like the a, ones on the ground. Yeah, he's like a, he's like, a person guiding a plane. Yeah, like on a tarmac. It's a lot. So then we cut to later that night. And this is the conversation that you were so anxious to get to. And the, <laughs> the, the very beginning of the episode. Yes. Gordo and Miranda are positioned as your kind of angel and devil, if you will, opposing viewpoints on what Lizzie should do about her current uh, situation. Yeah. And I think Gordo really sees himself in Larry here. We talk about what's the difference. And I feel like that line is just really thin right now. <laughs> it, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. Because Gordo thinks that Lizzie will be a hero and just like hope for all the boys who have been dissed by a girl if she goes out with Larry. And Lizzie relates to this a little. She says that she wouldn't want Ethan to reject her the way that she rejected Larry. Thoughts. My thought on that sentiment? Yes. I mean, it's a fair assessment, right? Larry is to Lizzie what she herself is to Ethan. So, you know, I can see how she would empathize with that situation. Although I'm not exactly 100% sure she's capable of feeling empathy. So. (laughs) (laughs) And Miranda is just like, no, 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 no. Miranda is very concerned about social status. And she's like, if you do this, make sure he takes you to a place where no one will see you. Your social status will be ruined. And Lizzie's like, I didn't even know I had social status to ruin. She doesn't. Spoiler alert. (laughs) She does not. But she ultimately decides to go on the date with Larry, um, take Larry up on it. So she calls him and we get the split screen of Lizzie and Larry. And she asks if he's still available for that date on Sunday. And his response is just to scream. He's very excited. Very excited. Did you mention he has caller ID? I did not mention that he has caller ID. An important detail. Oh, yeah. Lizzie was going to call and hang up, but Larry has caller ID. (laughs) So can't do that. So can't do that. (laughs) No, 
that's like when Summer on the OC says in relationship to being able to get her picture taken with a celebrity that she encounters on the beach because, of course, thank God I had my camera phone. They are the autograph of the 21st century. <laughs> Not only that, but that celebrity is Colin Hanks. Yes, it is. What, it- <laughs> what, a, what a strange cameo. <laughs> Very out of place. So this goes right into Sunday date day. And Lizzie's all, you know, ready to go, waiting by the door. And the doorbell rings. And it's not Larry, it's Gordo. Because as we've established, he's super invested in this. And he's kind of there to make sure Lizzie goes through with it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Again, I thought it was weird that Gordo's here and Miranda is not. Miranda kind of like... Disappears. Yeah. Um, Then Gordo gets distracted by the soapbox racer in the back. Correct. Then the doorbell rings again, and it's Larry. And dare I say, Larry Tudgman is looking suave. Yeah, Larry comes in in slow motion, first (laughs) of of all. Got to have a slow motion entrance. He's wearing his weekend shirt, as you mentioned before, which is essentially just a black polo. And he has flowers for Joe McGuire. Yeah, super sweet. And Lizzie's like, huh. But then Larry says that he had to battle aliens in his garden to collect them. (laughs) Yeah. And then in another sign that he and Gordo are the same person, he is likewise distracted by the soapbox razor. Yeah. And he goes to the backyard to check it out. And he gives some pretty good advice in terms of the what ergonomic what's the word i'm looking for the aerodynamics the aerodynamics yes he says if they yeah. remove the flanges then it will improve the acceleration which sam mcguire will learn very soon is true yeah everyone is impressed with the touch right now the t- yeah why they keep referring to him and he even refers to himself as the touch all throughout <laughs> this episode this is a new development right i've never heard this before yeah, I think it's new to this episode. Yeah. Like, um, he would be referred to as Tudgeman, but never just the Tudge. It's interesting to me that this is essentially Lizzie's first date, right? And Sam and Joe McGuire are relatively cavalier about it. Yeah, they do not care. <laughs> yeah. Like, you'd think this would be a bigger moment. Yes, you would think that they would care. Or that Sam would have some sort of like, I don't know, weird um, misogynistic reaction. It's kind of refreshing that he doesn't. I mean, Joe is already aware that Lizzie doesn't really want to be doing this. And Larry Tudgman is fairly unthreatening as a character. So I don't know. Okay, here's my question. Would Sam McGuire have a different reaction if Ethan Craft walked through the door? Probably not. He seemed pretty distracted. He did. He was very into his soapbox. It's actually very reminiscent of the first time we hung out and my dad was just like standing in the kitchen, cradling my dog, (laughs) like holding Rascal like a baby, very unaffected. Yeah. Sometimes dads are just going to dad. Coolio. (laughs) Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) So yeah, then we are at the science museum. That is where Larry decides to take Lizzie on the date. And she's like, okay, this works because nobody I know will see me here. And Larry's like, isn't this the coolest place on earth? And we kind of go into a date montage at 
the museum and we see Lizzie slowly like warming up to Larry and ultimately having a good time. Yeah, it's a it's a fun montage. It starts off there's like one of those like lightning or static electricity balls. Um, Larry tries to hold hands with Lizzie. It doesn't work. He doesn't really try to hold hands. He just kind of like pokes her finger. I guess yeah, he tries <laughs> to hold fingers <laughs> with her, and it doesn't really work. And then yeah, as the day goes on, Lizzie finds herself having fun. And at the end of the montage, they end up inside a giant model of a heart. How romantic. Yeah, but first, we get a quick, can't forget about Matt. Oh, sorry, yes. We cannot forget about Matt and Sam and Gordo trying to get this soapbox racer into place. Now, this is not the first time that we've seen this trio. And I have to say, I really enjoy Gordo being, you know, a part of the Maguire boy gang. Yeah. Was the last time we saw them in the David Carradine episode? I believe so. It really just makes the world feel um, richer, I guess, fuller, more dynamic, like seeing Gordo exist within Lizzie's world. A position that we never see with Miranda. No. Further proof that Miranda is not real. <laughs> yeah, not not too much happens here. They're just kind of really failing to get this car into shape. At one point, the steering wheel comes off and Matt's just like on his own, but they're still in the backyard. They're still in, you know, a safe space. I'm trying to look through my notes. So this, I believe, is the last time that we see the soapbox racer until they race it. So we never see it in a state where, like, it's done and, like, ready to go until they're actually going to do it. Yeah, I mean, why would we? (laughs) Well, you would want to think that, like, hey, we're done with it. Now we can, like, ride it, you know? But they're just like, fail, fail. Eh, let's try it (laughs) out. Let's do it. We put a new coat of paint on it. It is ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to how that goes. But first, as you mentioned, Lizzie and Larry are now inside a human heart. Would their couple name be Lizzie? Yeah, how does that work? Because it would actually just be like either Larry or Lizzie, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> there's no there's no good smush. Or Larizzi. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's Larizzi. Larizzi. Unless you wanted to go with their full names. You could go with like, or you could just go with like Ludgeman. Ludgeman. I don't, that's my least favorite of the ones that we've thrown out so far. <laughs> but yeah, um, they're inside the heart and they have, you know, a really, I think a nice moment here. Lizzie acknowledges to herself that, you know, for a dork, Larry has a lot of self-confidence. He talks about how he likes what he likes and doesn't care what people think. And it's refreshing to hear because that's, again, that's what Gordo claims to be. But Larry pulls it off in a much more effective and much less condescending way. That's true. And then we get this gem from Larry. Boy bands are a trend. The circulatory system is forever. Love that. I love how you can like hear the like heartbeat. I mean, we've background. we've commented on the sound effects people <laughs> on this show several times before. So, you know, they really went to town in this episode. Then Lizzie thanks Tudgman for a great day. And an alarm goes off in the heart. He says, I think it's having a heart attack. And that's how the date ends. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, is there about to be some sort of emergency? Like, <laughs> do they need to evacuate? But it's never addressed. And then all of a sudden they're back at school 
And Miranda, like, can't believe that Lizzie had a good time. Yeah, Miranda just had a lot to say in this episode. Yeah, she's really like, are you sure? Yeah, and her big takeaway is, well, at least now you have brownie points with Ethan Kraft. Yeah. Now you can go out with Ethan Kraft. Lizzie said it earned her some karma points to be redeemed on the boy of her choosing. And as you already played, now Lizzie can go out with Ethan Kraft, talk to him. He's right there. And Lizzie approaches Ethan to say hi, but Larry, of course, intercepts that move. And he just like grabs her, which is a little hands-on for me. And he says, I can't believe you're my girlfriend. I'm the luckiest man alive. How did he get so lucky to be with this narcissist? How how did he jump from I had a great day to I'm now your girlfriend? I don't know. I guess the writers don't like Larry very much. I know. And like to me, it just doesn't track like him making that leap. I feel like he's very self-aware. There was such, you know, an honest moment in the last scene. And then they just, like, reduced him back to weird Larry. Larry's position within the school fluctuates so much, right? He's class president. He's class president. In just the previous episode, he went on a trip to Miami with Kate and Claire, the two (laughs) most popular kids in the entire school. Now he's this, like, social pariah. I just don't... (laughs) It just, like, it doesn't make sense. Zero continuity. No. He has, like, a... Yeah, it's, like, within the school... In the present moment, he has a cult following. It's like, <laughs> it's like, how is it possible like to have a cult following in the present? It's not like 20 years later, you look back and it's like, oh yeah, Spinal Tap was so good. It's like, no, in this present, he has amassed a cult following. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if anything, going out with Larry should help Lizzie. This man ate worms. He will do anything. <laughs> So we cut to the next scene and they're still in school and Lizzie has presumably told Miranda and Gordo this whole dating situation. And once again, Miranda is just like, deny, deny, deny. To which Gordo says, you can't do that. That's a Kate move. You're better than Kate. I don't know. Kate, she doesn't gossip. She's a good person. (laughs) And then Lizzie says, like she comes up with this plan, right? Like, what if I pretend to go out with Larry No Lizzie plan ever works out. Can we remember the last Lizzie plan to not be a model anymore? (laughs) (laughs) You are really hung up on that. I mean, it It was a bad plan. It just, yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, she's like, okay, hear me out. What if? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm cutting you off right there, Lizzie. Stop it. I don't want to hear you out. What if I pretend to go out with Larry for a day? I can fake go out with him and then fake break up with him. And Miranda says that Lizzie is risking social destruction, but Lizzie's a good person, so she's going to take the risk. It's politics. (laughs) I didn't realize how much that clip would make me chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) It's not one of your um, classic Lizzie McGuire lines, but when I found it, I was like, you know what? This could be useful. It it has been. Um, Okay, so here's the thing, Lizzie. For, you know, the classic, we want to talk about rom-coms. For the fake dating trope to work, both people have to be in on the fake dating plan. If only one person is in on the fake dating plan, that is still kind of bullying. 
are you you're describing the plot of how to lose a guy in 10 days bad <laughs> at that moment kate announces over the intercom that this school has a new hottest pair it's lizzie and larry the gig's up <laughs> secrets out yeah they're public when you talk about total kate moves gordo that is the kate move and then we get, you know, I say it's not a Lizzie McGuire episode if we don't have at least one montage. But now I got to say, I think we ha- always have at least two montages, right? And this get- montage was weird. This montage yeah. was so strange. It starts off with Larry catching Lizzie's eye from across the courtyard. And then they're feeding each other ice cream. And then they're doing the Lady and the Tramp spaghetti thing. And that's the whole montage. Yeah, it was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> like Lizzie really leaned into this. Yeah, well, you have to you have to go all in. And then they are back in co-ed gym, and this time they are doing ballroom dancing. Ladies, pick your partners. We didn't shout out Dot Marie Jones in this episode. Oh, I love some Dot Marie Jones. I know, I'm surprised. Sorry. She's in the opening scene, too, with the square dancing. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have a huge role in this. I thought the bigger, the bigger story in this scene is obviously Miranda chooses Gordo as her partner. But is it like choosing Gordo or like, is there just not really another choice? No, we know that there's other choices now. There's um, there's Quinn and Winston. There's, yeah, there's Quinn who's going to win the World Series and Winston from Molly. True. But yeah, of course, Kate runs to Ethan. Gordo and Miranda pair up. And, you know, she says, ladies, pick your partners. But Larry really runs over and claims Lizzie real quick. Ethan Kraft is suave on the dance floor. Yeah, Ethan's got some moves. He's he's out here dipping. Yeah, he looked great. And that just inspires Larry to try the same thing. Yeah, he's like, ooh, we should do that. Except then he just like drops Lizzie. And then he says, I am so sorry, princess. They just made Larry so weird. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like after such a like such good writing, I think in the... In the actual Sunday date for him, they just totally, totally undermine it. Yeah. It's like, it's like they have, there's like school Larry and there is weekend Larry and they are just two completely different humans. Well, it's like they have, now that they've put Lizzie in this situation, they have to justify her breaking up, breaking with, up him. with him. It can't just be, she doesn't want to do it. There has to be like a reason. Which girls, there does not have to be a reason. You can just not be that into someone. But Don't if, worry about his feelings. But if he drops you on the floor, that's a pretty good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then we cut to now we get the big soapbox test moment. And I have a lot of questions about this scene, but I ultimately conclude that they're doing this at Lizzie's school, right? It's unclear because there are multiple like do not enter um, signs that they end up going through. Sam ends up like smashing through a window at some point. But then he runs into a group of cheerleaders. Yeah, so I guess they must be at the school. And then it looks like he kind of crashes into like the soccer field or the football field or something. Yeah, it's a very um, 10 things I hate about you moment once again. Wow, look how that just keeps coming up. Yeah, but it's also the middle of the day, right? Because... Well, yeah, this isn't. this also isn't Matt's school. And Gordo's there. And Gordo is there. But then, They all have McGuire tracksuits as well. They do. But then in the next scene, we're back at school on the same day. <laughs> it's just, it's baffling. One day we will get past all the timeline stuff. It's not going to be anytime soon because it's just wild. The way they just like cut scenes together, but there's no logic to t- in relationship to time. 
It doesn't make much sense, but if so I wrote Matt, this as a book, my editor would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah, Matt is going to be the driver. He is going to be the person testing out the soapbox racer until wait, 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 we have to talk about the names first. Oh, I didn't write down any of the names. Do you have the names? I do. Sam wants to call it the samurai. Okay. Matt wants to call it the monster map machine. No. And Gorda wants to call it the Gordonator. Now the samurai wins. That's the that's the most creative. Samurai is clever. Yeah, I mean, we should know that this isn't Matt's lane. He his superhero name was Matman. So And his band was named Spoink. And his <laughs> And Spoink beat the Matt and Larry band. Or Matt and Lanny band, sorry. I will never get over Spoink. Matt's gonna drive until Somebody throws a Frisbee way too far, and Sam just feels so compelled to catch it that he makes a diving catch into the soapbox car and starts rolling down the hill. In typical Sam McGuire shenanigans. But yeah, all these, like like you said, he goes past the do not enter sign. He just blows through a window. That like It's like construction people are like moving this glass window. He just like plows through it. Through some cheerleaders until he sort of hits hits a ledge and flies out of the car. He clocked a top speed of 45 miles an hour, says Gordo. That's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, the car broken. They should have completed it probably first before they did that test run. And somehow Joe McGuire is there. And Joe McGuire reminds us that this all started because she wanted them to clean out the garage, which they still need to, <laughs> which they still need to do. It all circles back. No ice cream. Until you clean out the tool shed. And then finally, we're back to Lizzie and Larry in the cafeteria. Larry says, yesterday I was just the touch. Now I'm La Touche. I'm a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess he's French now. It's crazy what one date will do. And finally, Lizzie tells Larry that this relationship is not working out for her. She doesn't think that they have enough chemistry. Yeah, we, we don't have enough chemistry, you know? <laughs> to which Larry agrees and says, yeah, we are living a lie and that he needs someone who he has more in common with. Yeah, someone smarter. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that is the implication. That is the, that's totally the implication. And then Lizzie comes <laughs> back with, and I need someone who's interested in stuff. Yeah, she really, it takes her a while to get there too. <laughs> like stuff. Someone, in, someone who likes stuff stuff and that's when we get maybe i should develop some interest <laughs> this is this is actually the first legitimate sign of growth because <laughs> she's finally identifying that maybe she has a problem but will she remember this in the next episode <sighs> probably not probably not but larry says that today was the best day of his life and that lizzie is the nicest person he knows <laughs> I mean, I can see how that's true based on all of the people in the show because the choices are Gordo, who is mean, <laughs> Miranda, who is mean, Kate, who is mean. Yeah, Lizzie's really Claire, mean. Claire, who... Actually, Claire's not that mean, but we don't know that much about Claire. Ethan, who started out a little mean. You win by default. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not because she's trying to be nice. No. The episode ends on a weird note, I think. Lizzie tells Larry that there's someone really special out there for him 
And Larry immediately asks if he has a chance with Miranda, which no, he absolutely does not. And I don't think Miranda will be as sensitive to Larry's feelings as Lizzie was. Well, Miranda doesn't exist, so. And then Larry kind of like looks back at the camera and smirks like he breaks the fourth wall. I hate this. We don't get that I, in the show. I hate this so much. Why do you hate this so much? Because the only character who ever breaks the fourth wall is Cartoon Lizzie, right? Cartoon Lizzie is like the audience's connection to the show. When the show wants to tell us something, it's done through Cartoon Lizzie. The main characters don't break the fourth wall. The main characters are there to live out the story, and then the cartoon is there to interpret it for us. So when Larry breaks the fourth wall, it's inconsistent with what the show is trying to do. You're absolutely correct. It's just weird. And also the way, like the message as he's breaking the fourth wall, is just weird. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Didn't work out with you, but what about Miranda? What about Miranda, who has been your, your biggest opposition this entire episode? Yeah, it's, it's a weird choice. And that is how episode 126, Scarlet Larry, ends. I thought that this was an interesting episode to talk through. I had a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, what did you think of this episode? I don't know. This episode didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I said earlier, it feels like Lizzie's first date should be like more of a big deal, considering what we've seen in the past, that Joe or Sam would make it a bigger deal. So the fact that it was just kind of like a cavalier thing that happened didn't really fit with what we've seen in the past. As you've mentioned, the B story was a little bit lacking. And like I said, there was a huge, like, there was a huge time jump in the B story where, like, they're working and then suddenly they're just riding the soapbox car. It was like they ran out of plot points in that story. So, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't as into this episode as I think I could have been had it been written better. Yeah, I think that that's a good point about Lizzie's parents. I think that Joe made a bigger deal about Lizzie wanting to talk to her about potentially going out with Larry than she did during the actual, that the moment. And it's like, think of every milestone that's happened in Lizzie's life that we've seen so far, like the bra episode, like how that became an entire episode. Like how is yeah. getting a bra a bigger deal than going on your first date? Yeah, you're right. I'm still, you know, working through my whole, like Lizzie is actually terrible realization. And I think I'll be <laughs> processing that for the rest of this podcast. I mean, Miranda was definitely the worst character in this episode for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was just sort of like very intense shallowness with no depth to her logic. And also the other thing that really confuses me is the relationship between Gordo and Larry because sometimes it's like they hate each other. I don't really understand. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I mean, you only really see this from Gordo's perspective, but it's like, oh, I see myself in Larry. And then sometimes it's like, oh, Larry, haha, he's so funny. Like, oh, uh, that's just touching. He's hilarious. Like, I don't understand what the relationship is between Gordo and Larry because there's never any consistency. I mean, love me some frenemies, but it, it just, like you said, it varies so greatly from episode to episode. So those are my thoughts. I really think that this writing team, like every every time they walked into the writer's room, it was like a clean slate. What are we doing today? And they never really like 
there, there, there's no arc. There's no overarching anything happening on this show. And it's an episodic series. That's a thing. But even with episodic series, you can have overarching character development and growth. That That's what should be happening. <laughs> it's like, imagine if in Friends, Chandler was a different character every episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's essentially what we're seeing here. Yeah, and it kind of makes me want to go back into my Disney Channel past and see if that feels true for some of the other shows that I loved growing up. The thing that's supposed to work with these types of shows is they are their own story in and of itself, and you don't need technically any sort of context to be able to enjoy the episodes. But if you do watch them in chronological order, there should still be some overarching things happening yeah and there's just not on this show at least in this first season totally for now we're here and we're going to talk about some outfits yes um so i've pulled out some outfits for us to talk about today it's an interesting mix of outfits i will say i'd like to start off not at the beginning because in the beginning we get our our gym uniforms which we've talked about at length but i'd like to skip to the scene after that and talk about gordo who looks like he's wearing his dad's shirt he does. This is one of the more, I, I don't know what the word is. I feel like Gordo's very consistent and this is a little out of the box for him. It almost looks like there's like robots or something on the shirt, but the shirt is also like three sizes too big. Oh yeah. It's, it goes down to like almost his knees. And then the shirt that he's wearing underneath, I would really love to see the full shirt. It looks like it has like mountains on it. I don't know that we ever see it in full. I don't think we do, unfortunately. Miranda, again, has decided to pair orange with red. What does her shirt say? Unclear. She always has her arm conveniently covering. Yeah, I don't know. Have fun? Maybe. Exclamation point? Maybe. Interesting. And then Lizzie's in a pink three-quarter sleeve shirt with a star. Some patterned pants. I really do appreciate Lizzie's patterned pants. Throughout this series, I must say. Yeah, you're a fan? I am. I love me some prints. And you know, Tudgman is Tudgman. Larry is Larry. Until we get to see Larry in his pajamas. Yeah. Which is fun. And then we get to see Larry in his weekend shirt. Yeah, we do. Got a V-neck going. Is it a V-neck or is it just he's left a couple buttons unbuttoned? I guess, yeah. I guess he, <laughs> he unbuttons on the weekend. Yeah, he left some buttons loose, you know. Yeah, it's a black short sleeve button down paired with some khakis. He looks nice. Yeah, he got dressed up. Yeah, a little more dressed up than Lizzie. Let's see if I have any others. I mean... This wasn't an overly remarkable outfit episode. It was not. Uh, Got to talk about the tracksuits, right? They pulled that together quickly. Yeah, like, did they did they have these already? Team McGuire. Did they have these made? What, I'm really impressed. Did they spend money buying these? I just, I don't know. But they have them, regardless. Yes. That's really it. That's really it. Now it's time, as always, to conclude this episode with our MVPs. For me, it's a very clear choice. We have a habit of when an episode is very specifically about someone realizing that they don't deserve the MVP, but that is not the case. I am giving my MVP in this episode to Larry Tudgman. Why are you giving your MVP to Larry Tudgman? 
I think that the flaws that I see in his character are just honestly poor writing in the second half. But for me, he has, you know, he has a crush on a girl. He asks her out. It's not his fault that Joe McGuire is so problematic. He, he honestly probably would have been fine if Lizzie said no. I, I don't really see him getting too up in arms about a rejection. I mean, um, she did say no at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and there, you're right. And there was, but and there was no indication that he was like that was her own guilt, right? Like there was no indication that he took that super poorly. And yeah, he was excited when she called it back on, but a lot of it was just her stewing in her own feelings. Yeah. Um, I think that Larry Tudgman, I really loved the date scene. Um, it did center on his own interests, but he, of all the characters in the show, is truly nobody but himself and very refreshing in that way. You know, things got a little weird in the middle with the fake dating, fake, break, fake breakup, but, you know, he took it well. I think that some of the messages were problematic in this episode, but I don't think that anything that he specifically did was. And that's a win. I was torn between two characters in this episode, and I ultimately, I'm also going to give my MVP to Larry, but before I do, I would like to say Sam McGuire got strong consideration just for his ride down the hill in the soapbox car because what a journey that was. I mean, he pulled together these tracksuits. He got stuck in the soapbox car. Like, Sam McGuire had a very eventful episode, but once again comes up, uh, comes up just short because this is Larry's episode. And even though Larry finds a way to be inconsistent within one episode, he does give us this gem. Boy bands are a trend. Larry is somebody who doesn't really get the proper treatment of the writers. I, I was just going to say that too. He's poorly written. He is a poorly written character, as are several characters, honestly. Like Kate is also kind of poorly written. But I think that Larry is even more poorly written because they haven't even taken the time to like establish like this is Larry. It's like he's so inconsistent that that's just laziness. I agree. So it's not, it's not Larry's fault that he was written poorly. But still, he is the focal point of this episode. And in the moments that are written well, he shows us some depth that I really appreciated. And so Larry is my MVP. And I've given Larry an MVP before. You have. I've given, actually, Larry two MVPs before. So I appreciate you, Larry. And Larry's up to four MVPs. Tied with Ethan Kraft. You know, that feels right. It does. And tied with Joe McGuire. <laughs> also feels right. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a lot happening in this episode there you have it that is all of our larry tudgman feelings and more for episode 126 scarlet larry as always we are on twitter at outfit repeat pod you can follow us there or email us at outfit repeaters podcast at gmail.com we still love questions we still love thoughts we still love our two listeners <laughs> Yeah, I know. And you're getting, we're almost done with season one. Oh my God. Like we only have what, like five or six episodes left of season one. Like if you have any season one thoughts, it's like now is the time. 
As always, we're going to upload this episode to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. That is where all of our episodes live. And that's also where we will upload the photos of the outfits we talked about today. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 127, Gordo and the Dwarves. <laughs>